Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Ever, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. This is actually a little awkward. We, um... <laughs> we kind of... We went on a film's reputation thinking we were going to have another bad film for you this week. And we sort of have, sort of haven't, in a weird way. We kind of enjoyed this film... But not in a so bad it's good way. We no. kind of liked it. Um, I mean, there's there's parts of it that are iffy, um, but overall it's not that bad. Well, when we announced this earlier, um, Tom Halloween guy on Instagram commented uh, before we watched the film saying that he he watched it. It was a lot of fun. And I thought, oh, God, here we go. We've got another bad film that people love. <laughs> Ugh, people are going to hate us. But it, he's not wrong. Uh, we're talking about Virus this week from 1999, uh, directed by John Bruno, and it bombed on a budget of 75 million. It bombed quite a bit. I can imagine it bombing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sit here and say this is a court movie. I don't I know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a court far. film. I mean, we, we were just making comparisons to Event Horizon. Event Horizon is a court. Yeah. Film, as in, I don't, I don't believe that Event Horizon did particularly well at the box office, but it's garnered a following. I don't think this one has so no. much. Um, John Bruno, the director, he's done a lot of visual effects for James Cameron. Uh, I mean, that really shows in this. Yeah. You can really see yeah. that. Uh, yeah, the CGI is iffy, but the practical effects... The practical effects are incredible. Um... He directed Heavy Metal, the animated film from the 80s, and he directed Terminator 2 3D, the uh, Universal Studios ride that everyone loves. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. He also did visual effects for the Twilight series and uh, Movie 43, that masterpiece. What did that need visual <laughs> effects for? If I remember, I think Hugh Jackman had testicle chins. Have you chins. seen it? I have seen it, unfortunately. Oh, my God. I think Hugh Jackman had testicles for his chin. Or something like that. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, But yeah, uh, apparently Jamie Lee Curtis has called this... Well, not apparently, she has called this the worst film ever made, a piece of shit, and she said that she takes it to bad movie nights. Now, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis is one of my favourite actresses. I worship the ground she walks on. This isn't even the worst Jamie Lee Curtis film. It's not, no. (laughs) I mean... That would be Christmas with the Cranks. Has she seen Christmas with the Cranks or Halloween (laughs) Resurrection? You know? I don't understand how she thinks this is the worst film ever made. Does she not watch many films? Yeah, looking at the trivia, um, it seemed that she didn't have a great time making this film. No. She actually tried to get the director replaced by Steve Miner, who had just directed her in Halloween H2O. Um, So I think... Maybe for her, there's a little bit of bias there because she just hated making the film so much that it's the least favourite of her films. And you know, you can't even tell when you watch it though that she didn't have a great time because she, you know, does her best as always. Yeah, of course, she's a, she's a professional. Uh, a bit of funny trivia here. Initial prints of the film were confiscated by TSA because they were called virus. <laughs> and I was going to make a joke and says they should have kept it. But I won't. I can't now. <laughs> I can't now. I can't. Because it was fun. It was a fun film. All three lead actors were part of famous families. We have Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, daughter of uh, Janet Lee and, and Tony, Tony Curtis. Curtis. Um, 
William Baldwin, one of the many Baldwins. And, uh, of course, Donald Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Donald Sutherland's the worst thing about this film. He is, actually. Donald yeah. Sutherland, he, he actor one... of uh, Don't Look Now. Yeah, <laughs> he is one of these that phones it in and, um, in this film. I find Donald Sutherland um, has been in some absolute masterpieces. Yeah. Don't Look Now is one of my favourite films. He was in M.A.S.H., he was in Clute, you know, some real great films. We we watched Ordinary People the other day. Mm-hmm. And he was good in that. He was very good. He was in a Fanatic or Die, Die, My Darling, as it's known in America. Oh, God, we watched that as well. He he plays um, a mentally handicapped man. Um, yeah, so I, I think... <laughs> Even that was a better performance than this. <laughs> I feel like Donald, Donald Sutherland is never the best thing of any of the films that he's in. I, I find. <clears throat> And he's been in some great films. He's been in some rubbish as well. I think he's one of these actors that just... If somebody offers him a part, he goes for it. And hopes for the best. Yeah. And, and sometimes it does work out for him, obviously. Yeah. Um, just not this time. Just just not. No, no. I, I, I don't think he knew what he was doing. No. This is actually a comic book film, which is interesting. Mm. Um, a Dark Horse comic book. And uh, it was the only reason it was turned into a comic book is because it was originally a script. But at the time it was written, it there wasn't really any facility for the special effects it needed. So they turned it into a comic book. And then once uh, special effects had evolved a bit, they made it. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is John Bruno's... Uh, I think it's his feature length debut. I mean, I don't think heavy metal's being counted as a feature length according to IMDb. I suppose it's an animated. I, I don't film. know if it was TV film or I, I'm not sure. But this is Klaus as his first feature length film, and uh, he did this just before making Titanic, doing the visual effects for it. Um, it, it was made into a third person action horror shooter game for PlayStation. That had yes. very little to do with the film, <laughs> and. What's really interesting is that uh, it was a dump month movie. It was a January horror film. Yeah, and it didn't do well. It, it didn't do well. No. But, I mean, compared to other January horror films, bye-bye, <coughs> <Yeah>. man. <coughs> this is uh, nowhere near as bad. A <laughs> uh, little question for you, Gary. Yeah. What does this film and Friday the 13th, part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, have in common? It takes place on the boat throughout the entire film. It's advertised to not take place fully on a boat. Holy shit. If you look at the poster... It looks like it's in space. It looks like it's in space. <laughs> it looks like an alien ripoff. It's it a does. fucking spaceship there. Oh, that's very misleading. And the, ho- the whole of this film takes part on a boat. <laughs> it does. It takes part on a boat? Takes place on a boat. Oh, yeah, takes place <laughs> on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just very true. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, so that that's something it has in common with God Jason Orton, takes Jason Manhattan. Takes Manhattan. <laughs> Fucking hate that film. Oh, equally as entertaining. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say so. Well, the plot is when the crew of an American tugboat <laughs> tugboat. I've never heard that name for a boat before. 
A tugboat? Yeah. No, that's, that's a real thing. Huh. When a crew of an American tugboat boards an abandoned Russian research vessel, the alien life form aboard regards them as a virus which must be destroyed. I, do you know, I've not got alien wrote down in my notes once. It's just, just keep referring to it as robot or virus. I kept saying robot <laughs> as well. Yeah, no, but the humans were the virus. So if you, if you look at... If you take alien... Uh, do you know aliens this is definitely more aliens if you take aliens Terminator and Speed the thing, 2 Speed cruise 2 control. Cruise Control and The Thing mash them together this is your film this is what you got yeah because yeah. like I said it's got no originality no but it steals from all of those films and creates uh, <laughs> entertaining Something. pieces of cinema yeah yeah I wouldn't even say it creates a mess it's not that no. messy well, it starts off with a title card um, and uh, another title card straight after saying Space Event Ship, Academic, Vladislav, Valkov, South Pacific. And then we get a bunch of space stuff, boat stuff, chess, and uh, a, a character we'll later find out is called Nadia sucking a pen whilst looking at a fancy man in space. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of. Um, so. We we're introduced to this bow. Uh, uh, the virus title card is cl- like eight bit. Yeah. Looking, um, so y- you know you're definitely getting a, a sci fi film. <laughs> um, we're introduced to the space event ship academic Vladislav Volkov, and it's somewhere in the South Pacific. Fabulous. Then, the filmmakers randomly choose what part of the Russian dialogue on this boat that we are allowed to, <laughs> yeah. to know, because the, there's subtitles, but random speech is subtitled. Um, so after, we don't really know what's going on. Um, there's these Russian cosmonauts in space. Uh, one of them has a little flirt with our Nadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gives a, it's just a little flirty little look to the, uh, the camera. Yeah, she shoves a pen in her mouth. Yeah, she's, uh, she's reciprocating the flirting. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that's about it, really. Just Do you know what? The first 10, 20 minutes, I could not concentrate on this. It, it just sounded like a lot of words to me. And I thought, okay, this is going to be terrible. I thought it was going to be boring. But then it just really picks up. But um, yeah. the, the first 10, 20 minutes are fucking dire. Yeah, but, you know, um, after these, you know, weird cosmonaut parts, you get a big... Surge of electric, yeah, big energy. CGI cloud, yeah, coming towards the spaceship, and then that sends a, a purple lightning bolt down to yeah. the ship, and then we get screaming and mild explosions ensuing, don't we? Yeah, and then that's the end of the Russian ship. Yeah, that's it. Seven days later, all those people we've been introduced to. I know, and only one of them we'll get to see again. That's true. Seven days later. It turns into the perfect storm of George Clooney. Yeah. We get a boat uh, in the middle of a storm and it's uh, pulling in some cargo. And on this boat, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Kit Foster. Donald Sutherland, who plays Robert, and I can't remember his surname. Everton. Robert Everton. Budget Brad Dourif, who also looks a little like Budget Woody Harrison at the start. <laughs> does actually um William Baldwin unexplained black eye yeah yeah I don't know what the black eye is all about do you think he generally had that when he was filming potentially potentially the actor just had a black eye that was it Uh, William Baldwin plays Steve 
and uh, some other minor characters you don't get character development for, but they are in a film quite a bit because they're disposable. Um, they're just yeah, there to be killed, yeah, essentially. In, in these, you know, so essentially a sci-fi horror film, so yeah. people have to die. So you've got Squeaky, Richie, and Tattoo Face. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I really d- get I his did, name. I didn't catch his name, actually. Um, some of the, the sound editing is, is quite yeah. bad, and, and I didn't quite catch um, certain bits of dialogue and... Not sure if it was necessary, really, but um, yeah, he's he's got tattoos on his face. I believe he's Maori, um, and had a New Zealand accent. Yeah, Please, uh, forgive me, um, if that's incorrect. It did sound like a New Zealand accent. Yeah, it it did, it did, and uh, I feel like he was he was Maori, or or potentially some some he was, uh, from an island in the Pacific Ocean. And this is when. We get to hear Donald Sutherland speak. This is where the biggest problem in this film comes in. I don't know what the fuck Donald Sutherland was trying to do, but he sounded like Captain Birdseye, but half-assed. He looked a little like Captain He Birdseye looked and well. sounded like a half-assed Captain Birdseye. I, I feel like he was going for the sea captain from The Simpsons, <laughs> accent-wise, and then it suddenly turned Irish... <laughs> then it was definitely Donald Sutherland just talking. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what he was going for accent-wise. I didn't get the whole um, the whole conversation, but there was the moment where I realised how bad it was was when he says, that's a change I'll take. Yeah. I don't know what, it was say- what he was saying it to, but I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Also, Jamie Lee Curtis is in a horrendous coat as we're in <laughs> she is. as well. It's a very mum coat. And she's, <laughs> she's, it's very 1998, 99. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not sure how old she is by this point, but she she's not necessarily, um, it's not old at this no, point. No, it's kind of like a mum taking a kid to school in the raincoat. A little bit, with a choker. Yeah. She's got a choker <laughs> on as well. She, she is serving pure 90s and that hair... Is uh, it's pretty much her hair from Halloween H two O. I love the her short hair on her. Short hair. I do. There's, you know, she's one of the ladies that really pulls it off. Um, very um, cause very slick back as well. So it's very yeah. reminiscent of uh, True Lies. Uh, the hair, particularly um, the the famous scene where she does the uh, little dance in the bedroom. Um. So. We, uh, it, there's a bit more of a complication with this cargo. Um, Donald Sutherland ends up pointing a gun in William Baldwin's face. A lot of this is really just throwaway stuff because the cargo thing goes nowhere. It gets trashed by the storm, essentially. They yeah. lose it. I think, I think we're establishing, so Donald Sutherland's desperate to keep hold of this cargo. Yeah. They're, they're in, in this storm, what a typhoon actually. Typhoon Lear or something. Um, and he's desperate to keep hold of his cargo, so he ends up pointing a gun in William Baldwin's face. Um, so we're establishing straight away that Donald Sutherland's not a good guy. No, we find out later on he'll do anything for money. Yeah, yeah, Even if it means selling himself to robots. Um, and, uh, this leads to a bit of a funny confrontation between Baldwin and Donald. (laughs) But William Baldwin's like... Ever point a gun in my face again? Donald's like, yo, what? And uh, Baldwin says, you'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. oh okay then. <laughs> Are we not going to find out what's going to happen? 
what was that voice we just put on? <laughs> There's Donald Sutherland's oh, accent wow. in this film. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery if you had a cold. But, <laughs> uh, we, we don't find out Donald has an alcohol problem. Yes, yeah. He uh, has a <laughs> has a drink. He's got he's got all these characters have always got something like that. Looking at there, <laughs> looking at a picture of his younger self, and you can see in his eyes, he's like, "Why the fuck did I take this role? Look at how I used I to know, look. Yeah, think of all the films I used to be in. That's what I looked like when I did Mash. And here I am, pretending to be Captain Birdseye <laughs> in a cheap sci-fi film. Well, it's not really that cheap, I suppose. Since no, it's quite a good budget. No. But I mean, to Donald Sutherland, it probably was. Um, they find out the boat is slowly sinking. Yeah, so they, they end up... So they've gone through the storm and now they're in the eye of the typhoon. So I'm not a meteorologist, unfortunately. Um, is that even the phrase? That is totally the phrase, <laughs> yeah. No, I am correct. Um, but they're in the eye of this typhoon. So the bit in the in the middle of it where it's not as rough <laughs> as the edges... Um, so they, they kind of, in a way, stuck there. Yeah. You know, uh, they've taken damage. This boat is now sinking. Their cargo's gone. You know, what are they going to do? Donald is about to blow his head off. <laughs> he starts preparing to kill himself. For yeah, some he starts preparing to kill himself and just leaving them all to it, um, to perish at sea, at, at the in the ocean. And uh, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee is a navigator. In this. So her father was a navigator. Oh, little, little character development. Her yeah, father character was a, the captain of his ship. Um, I'm assuming he's passed on. And uh, she's a navigator. So she's following her father's footsteps in the ocean. And she picks up on her radar uh, another ship, a much larger ship uh, within this eye of the typhoon. So they're going over to investigate. And then she conveniently has a book that tells her every single thing about this ship. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> so they get to the ship and uh, they're like, ooh, what ship's this? And then they see on the side uh, Vladislav Volkov, um, academic Vladislav Volkov in English, even though the rest of the signage on the boat is in <laughs> Russian. I'm sure there's a Russian word for academic, but anyway. Um, and she reads in her book, uh, a big book of Russian boats. I swear, I swear it was meant to be a big book of Russian <laughs> boats. So, oh, okay. So, this ship will tie directly into the film's plot. Yeah. And there is a scene at the start of the film. Yeah. <laughs> she may as well have said that. that it's literally tells her everything about this boat. Yeah, like the communications from space stuff <laughs> and everything. This magic book tells her. So, then they decide to get on the boat. Because there's a sinking. Yeah, so they go exploring. Go somewhere. So they're exploring the boat. There's no sign of life. or There's like slinking around as if they're expecting someone to jump out. Um, they're being really stealthy about it. And then Donald Sutherland just starts shouting. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you what we want to do with this boat. You know what we want to do with this, don't you? And they're like, oh, what, what do we want to do with it, Donald? And he's like, we want to salvage it. And Jamie Lee's having none of this. She's like, Donald, fuck off. Let's just, you know, do whatever with this boat. We ain't salvaging it. Yeah, so as the only female on in the this only crew, And the only sensible one, apparently. Yeah, but, you know, she has to differentiate herself between them because men and women can't agree on stuff. Apart from William Baldwin. Do you know what, William Baldwin? Not that bad. 
wasn't awful. No, not awful. He, it felt like he was trying his best to look as smouldering as possible. It looked like he was trying to be Michael Bean in every James Cameron film he's been in. <laughs> yeah, like a that, he, he was, yeah, that's he, he's trying his best to be him. Um, no, I felt he was trying his best to be Keanu Reeves and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. that sort of action hero, but smouldering. He yells a fair bit. He does for no reason. Like the person's right next to him. Yeah. Um. But he, you know, he doesn't do a bad job. I, I was, I was kind of, I don't know if I was hoping for, but I was, I was thinking there was going to be some sort of romance between him and Jamie Lee. It kind of made it look like that was going. It to felt be. like that it, it was going to happen. I think it's it kind of implied. Really did. But I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't because I mean, you know. She doesn't need a love interest. No. Independent no, woman. She doesn't not. need no man. No. No, of course not. Um, yeah, so they decide they want to salvage the ship because Jamie Lee's opinion doesn't really give matter, you know? Yeah, they're going to salvage the ship. For 30 million. For 30 million. So the, the whole idea is that if they find a ship that's unmanned, no one on it, they can essentially give it back to, in this case, the Russian government and get... 10% of what the ship is worth, they figured that the ship is worth $30 million and that they would get thirty uh, $300 million. Well, you did Donald Sutherland. 30! $300 million and then they would get 30 for them for salvaging the boat. So they all go for a little walkabout. But no, no, at the same time, Donald Sutherland, because... Jamie Lee explains to us because we don't know uh, the legalities of um, the <laughs> <Yeah>. ocean. <laughs> so she helpfully explains to the audience that uh, <laughs> that if anybody is on board, then that means you can't salvage it. Yeah, and then Donald Sutherland implies that he'll kill whoever's on board if there is anyone. And we know that he means business because his eyes go really wide when he says this. <laughs> And therefore, we know he's up to no good. <laughs> uh, I think Donald oh, Sutherland... Part. Sorry, so sorry, so sorry. And uh, we did enjoy this film, but I will pick apart certain uh, certain bits. You know, when we when he, we analyse a film bit by bit, we're going to pick up, the, you know, the, the crud with the good stuff. Um, it's when they go onto the bridge of the boat and... They open the door and birds fly out straight <laughs> away for a cheap, you know, jump scare. I hate when films do that. What The birds just fucking... Number one, how did the birds get in there if the door's closed? Yeah. They were coming for Donald, Captain Birdseye. But, <laughs> there were seagulls. But how did the birds get in there? Yeah, no, it's bullshit. There's no way they were I think I was waiting for someone to open the fucking door. <laughs> Let us out! Let us out! <laughs> just fly out. Fucking run! If they got in there, because I don't think they were keeping birds on the bridge. Um, I, I say bridge. I'm sh- that might be a Star Trek phrase. I don't know. Maybe. I don't they know. escaped from the ship. Do you know what? We're going to stumble Yeah, we, we know on b- nothing uh, about terminology. shit. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. We... We don't edit this show, can you tell? Uh, we know nothing about ships or boats, so, yeah. uh, so we're excuse gonna our terminology. Some of the terminology. If you're a ship expert, please correct us, and we'll mention it next week. But if the birds got in there, 
the can't they have just left the way they got in? Why are they waiting for Donald Sutherland to open the door? I hate that. I hate that in films. Yeah. I hate it. It's like fucking Scooby Doo shit. It's true. You know? When I start going for walkabouts, uh, Squeaky reveals that he thinks Jamie Lee's hot. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say something that maybe be a little um, controversial. I've never seen Jamie Lee as the hot actress type. True Lies? True Lies. But if, if if you watch True Lies, when she's being sexy, it's a, it's a clumsy kind of... Mm. You know, she's got a beautiful figure and she's a beautiful woman. But I've never seen her... You, you know, you have an actress like, um, you know, quintessentially uh, Marilyn Monroe. Mm. You know, she was the bombshell. She was hot but you know people would say she's hot she's gorgeous yeah Jamie Lee's never written to be that sort of Jamie Lee and maybe that's maybe that's why I've never really seen her oh Trading Places written into that role you know she was a prosy though weren't she Mm. in in Trading Places Trading Places I I don't think she was made to be you know the hot um sexy slinky woman yeah. So when when things like this come up, you know, and you know, I fully intended for her and William Baldwin to have a romantic part in this film with each other. Um. So I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying she's a dog, but I've just never, I've never seen her in that sort of role before. No. Especially in that outfit. Yeah, I know. She's definitely not. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely not meant to look she's sexy. In meant, this. You know, she's not. She's not wearing a dress or anything, you know. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, women can be hot wearing no matter what. Um, but I just. I didn't think that was the kind of role we were gonna get for her in this film, and now we don't really. No, no. It was well, just a throwaway line. I just. I was. Whenever I've never she's. Seen her in that. Well, whenever she's like, in a horror film, she's always victim turns final girl turns strong female lead. That's, oh yeah, that's Halloween. The, she's a major virgin. Yeah, you that's know? the Jamie Lee trope. Yeah, that's what she's good at. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they get the ship up and running, and uh, the ship starts screaming, and no one notices other than Jamie Lee because she's a woman, of course. <laughs> you know that female intuition. <laughs> um. And then uh, it's now running itself. Starts driving itself and. Uh, Drops an anchor into the other boat and destroys it. This leads uh, William Baldwin to become full action hero. Chucks himself off and goes and saves Tattoo Face. Somehow, budget Brad Dourif. Chucks himself off. He does. Chucks himself Yeah. Uh, did you not see how he just like launched himself he off, did, off, yeah. the, off well, the ship? Yeah, he sort of... The way he launched himself, <laughs> he shouldn't have like landed the, the way, way he... he in, in like a perfect <laughs> dive. Uh, he should have like belly flopped. Yeah, um, so he saves Tattoo Face, but somehow budget Brad Dourif survives as well and gets his kit off, um, changes his t-shirt. Yeah, I think the whole idea was that budget Brad Dourif, this is terrible, what is his name? I, I genuinely, I don't think they said his, they may have said his name, but I didn't get it. No, I think the whole idea was that he was perfectly able to save Tattoo Face. Yeah. But didn't. Well, um, he and Richie... Go to find Squeaky in the engine room. Uh, we get to see a robot spider. And Squeaky gets strangled. 
and pulled off screen. Not pulled off as in he got <laughs> wanked off. He got launched off the screen by these wires. Did he get chucked off? He did, yeah. Um, yeah, into some sort of tunnel or something. Yeah. Um, then Richie and Budget Brad find some weapons and start stealing them. And then Richie tells Budget Brad Dorif that you can never be too rich, too thin, or too well-armed. Yeah. The uh, free never be too... Yeah. Things to live by. Um, tattoo Face wants to open a school with his money. Yeah, we get a slight bit of character development. So, um, Tattoo Face has had a bit of wood to the leg. And he's bleeding. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, as a navigator of a ship, suddenly knows how to <laughs> stitch up wounds. Um, it it is a weird one because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bring it up now, is that Jamie Lee Curtis is just a navigator of a ship, you know, basic first aid. Yeah, I can believe she could do anything. Um, but she's she's <laughs> there and she's stitching it up like she's a fucking surgeon, and when she turns into action hero mode, it's a bit like. Um, like, have you had military training, you know? Um, you are just a navigator of yeah. a tugboat. <laughs> but you know what? This is actually, this really isn't, this is actually quite good female representation because really she's the most useful person on that boat. All the men are fucking useless apart from William Baldwin. I would say that until later on in the film and I, I'll, 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 slightly bring it up now it, she does get a little wimpy at points towards the end but then there's another female character who's saving her so I still think yeah this, oh, this film's yeah. got its female representation yeah, down yeah I don't, I don't feel like Jamie Lee Curtis would take a role that wasn't didn't have some form of um, positive yeah. female representation you know even someone like Laurie Strode who is the quintessential victim uh, in horror cinema, really, um, other, other than her mother in uh, Psycho, you know, very famous victims. Um, even she's resourceful. Yeah. You know, she's a survivor. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, e- even in roles that maybe could have been a little iffy, I, I think she's always always had good representation. Yeah. Uh, well, we get someone burst in on the conversation about what they'll all do with their money and start shooting every, shooting around uh, wearing a gas mask. And we find out that it's, uh, it's the girl from the start. It's Nadia. Yeah, what I don't get is... So she's the sole survivor on this ship. Um, have, have we been led to believe that she's been in that cupboard or whatever it was for seven wearing months. a gas mask for seven days <laughs> oh, seven, oh seven days seven days not seven months oh, so, yeah for seven days yeah seven like, days you know yeah you not need to go to the toilet at any point if everyone else has been killed by these machines well she's packed all the essentials because they go through her bag and she's got cigarettes hairspray and grenades yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a standard trip out on a on a ship somewhere. What does she need the fucking grenades for? Why did you just take them with her? What do you mean? Like, why if she was just doing some sort of space um exhibition thing on this on this ship, why did she take grenades with her? Why are they in her bag? 
Um, yeah, actually, what what's the whole point of the ship? <laughs> it's it's like a space exhibition. It's called, yeah, but it's called Academic Vladislav yeah. Volkov. Why is there so many fucking weapons in the ship? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just using a warship for Maybe. space exploration. <laughs> I don't know. Well, she wakes up because um, they knock her out. And um, and she says to turn the power off because uh, they're all going to die. It's going to... It's going to kill them all. This actress is a little iffy. She has a few uh, iffy dialogue delivery moments. My assumption is that she's not Russian. Yeah. Yeah, we might be wrong, but um, it's a good chance to put on accent. Um, <laughs> Although you're not particularly good at accents. Are well, you? you know. Do you remember when we watched Devil Wears Prada the other night? Well, I've never heard Emily Blunt do an English, <laughs> her actual accent before. Gary said, oh, Emily Blunt's doing a terrible English accent. I'm like, um, she is English. <laughs> it's not the point. Can you find out this girl's actually Russian, please? Oh, God. Um, yeah, so she runs off. Jamie Lee Curtis goes for a, a chase to go find her. And uh, that's when she reveals her name's Nadia. And she gives us some exposition. She does. She does help us out a lot by uh, explaining every detail that we need. Yes, that the ship's been taken over and that it sees humans as a virus. Um, yeah. She, uh, she then gets tied up. Did you find out that she's... Yeah, she was Polish. Oh, okay. Polish, which is cl- close and enough, I suppose. But not, not not quite Russian. Yeah, so it was a fake accent. Yeah. Um, you could tell. So she gets tied up. Uh, Rit- uh, Richie and Budget Brad Dorif find some machines. And this is where the practical effects really kick in. And it looks fucking great. It looks really, really good. It really does. And it, this is where the film starts getting good as well. Um, this is where it gets really entertaining. Uh, and it's just like... Pretty much something happening every few minutes. Yeah, sometimes it's the same thing happening yeah. every few minutes, um, admittedly. But, you know, once these robots start attacking yeah. properly... And I, I am going to call them robots, so I don't, I don't know what we're meant to think of them as. We do refer to them as machines. Yeah. Um, so, Budget Brad Dourif gets shot, and uh, we get a Terminator ripoff who starts having a gunfight with uh, William Baldwin who's now with Richie and Bridget Brad. And, uh... Yeah, so Bridget... Uh, Bridget? Bridget. Bridget Brad, he gets shot with um, a couple of nails, doesn't he? He does, with yeah. a nail gun. Uh, and they're down this corridor and they can't get through the door to get to Squeak... Squeaky? Squeaky, yeah. Um, and then we, we get this sh- shadowy figure at the end of the hall and then we see that it's... Um, budget Terminator, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. With a human face. I can't really say budget, though, because, I mean, it, it's definitely not budget. It looks fantastic. No, I suppose so, It's yeah. just a Terminator rip-off. Yeah, Terminator rip-off. Um, and then it, it's a quick cut, so we don't actually see Yeah, we get back. a hard cut uh, to yeah. Nadia saying, you're all going to die, in, yeah, in a really weird voice. Yeah, I don't... I hate... I'm not a big fan of when it does that, and I wish it would just show us... But yeah, it goes back to the deck. Yeah. Um, and Nadia tells them that we're all going to die. And then Donald starts threatening to shoot her. Uh, Jamie Lee gets in the way. It's like, 
Donald, fuck off. Stop being a prick. And uh, they captured the Terminator ripoff somehow. Yeah, so it annoys me because we didn't see yeah. how this happened. But the they... last time we seen him, they, he was just constantly shooting at him. How did they stop him? Yeah, so they bring him and put him on the table. And it appears that it's a robot. But with pieces of human flesh. Yeah, like random, random pieces of human flesh. Like it, not in a Terminator sort of way. Like more like if Leatherface was a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then Nadia's um, saying, "Oh, this is the captain of the ship. It's his face." And I'm like, "Oh, how do you? Because the captain was my husband." So was she having an affair oh, with the cosmonaut? She must have been having an affair, then, yeah. She must have been having an affair. Yeah. Yeah, she only knows his uh, husband because he's got a ring on his finger. Yeah. Um, but then she goes through the whole backstory again, but a bit more detailed as time. Um, and again, I'm not. I'm not sure. You know. She says surely essentially she must have needed a shit at some point in those seven days. <laughs> killed well, on the toilet. She says essentially this thing is creating a new life form using parts of uh, the ship and its crew. Which is a good premise. I mean, again, not original, but it's a good premise. Uh, it, then uh, the Terminator ripoff comes back to life and is shot down straight away. And uh, Donald has said he's not going to listen to any more Russian bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So no, no one really believes her. I, I suppose it is a, a weird... I don't know. I think Jamie Lee does. I think Jamie Lee does. But you've seen these... So everybody's seen these robot things come to life, these mechanical, yeah, you know, objects, either in the form of a human figure or an insect. Um, so you got to think something weird's going on. Yeah. you got to think there might be a little truth to her story. You know, why would she just be there making it all up? Like, I, but Donald Sutherland don't believe her. I think everyone else is thinking, oh, okay. So this this starting to, you know, come together, but we're not 100% sure. Well, then the Terminator ripoff turns into a thing ripoff. Its head bursts up out of its, uh, out of its body and gets shut down straight away, though. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these, these robot things aren't very um, powerful, really. No. They're, they're easily sort of shot down. Apart from the big one at the end. Yeah, but it's it's not like the Terminator that can take a lot of hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Squeaky has now turned into the cameraman Cenobite from Hellraiser 3. <laughs> oh my God, yes. That is exactly who he looks like. Oh, he does. He's been taken over by a robot, but he looks just like... You'd think he was modelled after the... Cameraman Cenobite yeah. from Hellraiser 3. But also a bit like the Borg from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Because he's got a camera for an eye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew he looked familiar. So he starts attacking... Um, he, he essentially just keeps calling um, William Baldwin. He's like, Stevie, Stevie. It's like the only thing he knows how to say. <laughs> uh, the... Then this giant fucking robot appears. Uh, and essentially, this is your big baddie. This is your main one. Uh, he punches a hole in Budget Brad Dourif's chest. Yes. So we don't have to struggle saying his name now for the rest of the film. Um, yeah, some, um, it was an alright, gory, practical effect. Yes. Yeah, yeah, really good. So we're finally getting a bit of the horror now yeah. element to this film. 
rather than the um you know love boat element yeah pretty much um they all gather into uh into a room and they have their radio they try to call for help and donald shoots it Yes. Uh, claims no one else has taken his salvage. And then he gets a punch in the face from our queen. He does. Jamie Lee Curtis knocks him out. Well, I mean, not out, but knocks him to the ground at least. And uh, She says, I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Richie starts having a chat with a robot via computer. Yeah, yeah, they're having a little... Um, he's typing it in, and then the computer's speaking it, isn't it? Yeah, computer's like, you are virus. Yeah, so now we get the whole idea surrounding the name of this film. Um, and I, I, I don't know, should it have been called Virus? Yeah. Not really. No. So the whole idea is that actually the humans are the virus within this computer you know it's 1999 there's still this whole idea of uh computer viruses and and shit like that you know this is um pre y2k isn't it Mm -hmm. um so the whole idea is that this boat is now some form of mega computer being controlled by this aliens yeah and um that the humans within that ship are the virus that they need to get rid of. But then also the idea is that they want to take parts of the humans as if they're scrap and use... I don't I don't get that part. What, what I don't get is why are they trying to make the machines look like humans? Just for horror elements. I don't think it's an actual reason behind it. Yeah, and and you know what? If I'm ever guilty of anything when we come to looking at these films is that I look way too much into logic. <laughs> way too much. Way too much. So, um, logically, I, I don't understand why they're trying to form, you know, these lifelike human figures as machines. Like, what's the point? If they're just going to go around killing people anyway. If they're like a supercomputer alien, what's the point? True. True. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it was meant to be no. realistic. Okay. <laughs> Cenobite squeaky bursts through the room. Uh, shouts, Stevie, again. Uh, Richie shoots him and shouts a bunch of random shit, which you can't hear because the gun noises are far too loud. Um, Donald's not getting over this punch. He's like, you punched me. Yeah, he was like, oh, dare you punch your captain. Jamie Lee's like, fuck you. (laughs) And that's not even me exaggerating this time. She actually says, fuck you. Um, And then they all run off on Donald. He gets a little lonely, starts chatting to uh, the computer, and uh, they become BFFs. Yeah, so Donald's sort of selling himself to the computer as a uh, higher being. Um... And therefore, you know, more important than the rest of them. And he's not a virus because he's so much better than the others. Because yeah. he's the captain of a tugboat. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the way he's like, I am the captain of Sea Star or whatever it's called. It's like, okay, really? That famous boat, Sea Star. <laughs> yeah. Sea Star. So he goes to sort of see this. Yeah, he goes the, to uh, their uh, flesh yeah, workshop. Robots. Yeah, and what he's 
Well, I just don't know. It, it essentially looks like uh, <laughs> what I can imagine David Cronenberg's living room looking like. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> machinery, doing plenty of body horror, and you know, taking apart bodies and putting them together and such. But he goes there to snitch on the crew. He's like, Hunt, you are never going to believe what those bitches are saying about you. And uh, he scores a deal to become a robot. Yeah, he does. I'm not sure if that was his intention. Um, I'm not sure if his intention was to become a robot. I mean, he does, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, But I don't know why he was trying to gain... Yeah, no. I, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I know, I genuinely, I, w- I wasn't sure what he was trying to gain from it. Because, you know, who's going to pay $300 million for a boat that's trying to kill people? Yeah, I think he just felt like he belonged to them. He just needed some friends. It's an easy way out, maybe. <laughs> he was suicidal anyway, wasn't yeah. he? So maybe he did want to just become a robot. Well, the remaining crew, apart from Richie, who is setting up a bomb, it appears, but uh, maybe not. You find out a little later on. Yeah, so Richie helps us out by talking to himself. Yeah. And explaining that he was six years in the Navy as a weapons specialist. <laughs> so that explains why he's so good with weapons and, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll help the film make sense as it goes along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the remaining crew climb onto the top of the ship to get somewhere else and uh, Tattoo Face gets washed off it. Just like that? Yeah, so it, I really struggled with that scene, but just, just previous to that scene, it, it seemed a lot, and I'm going to use the Scooby-Doo reference again, where, every, you know, the gang um, that didn't include Richie or Donald Sutherland, every corner they turned, there seemed to be some sort of robot. Yeah. Ooh, jinkies. <laughs> or whatever it is that Scooby-Doo says, and then they shoot it down, and there's a lot of that throughout the film, and, uh, and to continue as well. Uh, where they just uh, ran, turn a random corner or someone breaks through a door and it's this robot and then they shoot it down. and they So finally, they're on the surface of the boat. Yeah. Um, they're in the other part of the typhoon because the the boat's been... or the, the alien computer machine thing has been driving the boat, obviously, out of the typhoon. So they're within that now. And it's I can't see a fucking thing. No, this this was We're a, back to being the perfect storm again. <laughs> yeah, it it's a little bit of a dampener on on this part because it's it's really starting to get you know the action's really starting to pick up, and then I'm just like I'm like oh someone's just fell off the boat. I've no idea who that is. Jamie Lee Curtis goes flying somewhere. Um, she's. <laughs> I said this at the time. Oh, yeah, she know. puts the coat on. She, so, <laughs> the, all the bit where she's been below deck, she's had, in, in very 1999, her coat tied around her waist. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now we're on the surface. She's actually put the coat on. Yeah, she's being chased by a, ki- a massive killer robot, <laughs> but she still has time to put a coat on so she doesn't get too wet. a killer robot. <laughs> she's got the coat on you know she's gonna be chilly out there it's gonna be a bit wet a bit rainy so uh she better put that coat on yeah and sensible. She, gets, she gets swept away um but but the tattoo face gets properly swept this away. is why she survives she's sensible you uh, know we don't see him again do we no no he's dead now just like that um they go back into the ship and baldwin then realizes that they need to sink the ship 
And uh, just when he comes up with his brainwave, Donald pays him a visit. Uh, he's now a robot. And uh, he says, you don't recognise me. Well, we recognise that shitty accent, Donald. We know I it's you. I recognise his face. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't get that. But he's... I, I don't understand. Um, so his face is obviously Donald Sutherland's face. The the legs and, you know, the, the sort of bottom half of him, a robot. But it, what's... Is it? Is he wearing a T-shirt or something? I can't I figure, think that was his chest. And if it, yeah. I couldn't figure out what his sort of top half was doing. I think that was his chest. Did he have a star tattoo? Maybe. Well, he gets his revenge because he's still got beef with Jamie Lee because she punched him and he punches her. Yes. And uh, Nadia decides to uh, copy Terminator a bit, shoves a grenade in him and they go and duck and he uh, explodes. Yeah, so he's... So what, you know, should have been quite a big baddie in the film. Yeah. You know, real antagonist. It's just blown away quite easily. Yeah. I think maybe because Donald Sutherland... Um, oh yeah, he hated being in the makeup for that. Hated being in the makeup and was literally like, "You have one day to get this done." <laughs> so, yeah, for one day, I think they did all right. Um, but again, I mean, his practical effects look great. Absolutely. Um, and then Richie's gone a little crazy. Uh, he says he has his own plan, and Baldwin starts setting up the explosives. And then the giant robot attacks, and now this is your big baddie who you got for the rest of the film. It's the one from earlier. Um, he knocks Jamie Lee Kurt. Um, I say he. I'm. Oh, I'm assuming this robot's gender. Um, it knocks uh, Jamie Lee Curtis into a pool of corpses. Starts chasing her, and captures her. Yeah. So this is where she she falls into, and and admittedly, I think if anyone fell into a big soup of dead bodies yeah like she did you'd be a bit like, but you know she's seen weird stuff already that she didn't react like this to and she's like oh yeah it's a lot of dead bodies That's... yeah but yeah but she's seen dead bodies like you know sewn onto mechanical hearts <laughs> sorry <laughs> maybe Oh, Chris, you're so brave. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how I'd react in that situation. Uh, well, they start... Um, they tie her up, the robot... Well, the robot ties her up. Um, examines her, starts questioning her. Uh, Richie... Uh, they, Baldwin and uh, Nadia come out and start shooting at the robot. But then Richie does one better and fucking shoots a grenade launcher at him. A rocket launcher, <laughs> should I say. Yeah. Well, you know, there's that six years in the Navy as a weapons specialist. So the information that that the robot's trying to get from Jamie Lee is where are the explosives. So they they know the plan now is to blow up the boat a la Alien. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Aliens, excuse. Oh, they're doing both. Yeah, they're doing both. Um, So, yeah. So that plot point is you know, not, is very familiar to us. Um, but I don't understand how this all-seeing, all-knowing, you know, computer, you know, that controls the CCTV, as has been shown, can see through the CCTV cameras, mm-hmm. doesn't know where the explosive is. I know, yeah, it's true. 
he knows he knows exists, but not where they are. But again, sorry, sorry, trying to put, <laughs> bring logic to the table. I'm so sorry. Well, the robot isn't killed by the rocket launcher. Comes back, uh, separates Jamie Lee and Nadia from the uh, other two. Richie's killed. He's impaled on something. Yeah, yeah, um, after saving the day. But the robot gets hold of the detonator and uh, crushes it in front of uh, Nadia and Jamie Lee and says, checkmate. Yeah, well, Nadia had said that earlier, hadn't she? Oh, she did. Nadia had ah. said that. So because <laughs> Sassy robot. When, you know, being a Russian, she loves chess, yeah. as was uh, shown at the beginning of the film. So when she set up the detonator originally, she said, checkmate. And then, so the computer was aware of that. Mm-hmm. But not aware of where the but explosives were. But not aware were. of where the explosives were. <laughs> so it makes a little joke at her expense. But why? Because it can only hear. I say checkmate. Anyway, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, Chris, this is the purpose of this podcast. We're here to pick apart these films. <laughs> yeah. Um... Nadia sacrifices herself, shoots a gas tank, saves Jamie Lee Curtis's life. Yes, yeah, she does, actually. Bless her. Bless, yeah. bless her in a terrible accent. Bless her. Uh, robot's still alive. Chases Jamie Lee, who's now reunited with... Uh, oh, and it's an Alec Baldwin, then, with the other Baldwin. William Baldwin chases yeah, him. Yeah, and this is where she's a little wimpy. She was a little wimpy with... Um, Natalia? What was her name? Nadia. No, Jeez, she's only died a couple I'm of seconds so ago. Sorry, easily forgotten, <laughs> but always in our hearts. Um, yeah, she was a little wimpy with her, and now she's like, "Oh, William, I can't carry on. I can't go on." I'm like, um, "That's not the Jamie Lee we've seen <laughs> for the rest of the film." I didn't. I, I didn't get that. Well, I mean, she's been chased by a robot for God knows how long. Yeah, no, I understand that. But, you know, Ellen Ripley didn't say that, did she? (laughs) No. And if you're going to be a rip-off of Ellen Ripley, you better not be going around telling people that you can't carry on. (laughs) Well, she doesn't have to worry about that for much longer because William Baldwin straps her to a, uh, a launching thing for missiles... Um, yeah, I didn't really get what this was. Yeah, it's kind of like an ejector seat, essentially, but it was made from missiles, um, and they both launched themselves off like a rocket. Uh, no, to a rocket? To, well, yeah, technically it's tied to a rocket. Yeah, so there's these, like, you know, rocket launchers or missile launchers, and so the idea is, and the, the idea was given by Richie, wasn't it? Yeah. He was like, go to the whatever room and uh, that's the way out and he was <laughs> Stephen Baldwin was like oh Stephen Baldwin what's the fuck is Stevie. his name okay his name is Stevie he's played by William Baldwin so you can understand why I keep getting confused because there is a real Stephen Baldwin so William Baldwin is like oh how and he's like you'll know when you get there no just explain it these people's lives at stake <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, explain it. Explain what you mean. Um, but seemingly he understands and, you know, being a specialist on Russian boats, as everybody seems to be, he knows exactly how to launch a missile yeah. <laughs> at the drop of a hat. So him and... He was going to send Jamie Lee by herself, weren't he? Yeah. 
And she grabs him. And then she grabs him and straps him in. And they're tied to a rocket. Or what? something. They're tied to something. And so this rocket shoots off with them at the back. The little iffy CGI at this point. Yeah. And they, like, release some sort of parachute. But I just like, if you're tied to a missile, surely you're going to explode. Yeah. I know, I know the string, and I know the rope was fairly long. You know, they weren't, it's not as if, it's not the end of Dr. Strangelove. They're not riding it. But if you're, you know, tied to it still, aren't you, aren't you dead? Or aren't you, you know, miles and miles and miles away? Yeah, I, I, that Sorry. made no sense at all. Yeah, I, did, I didn't get how I, they saved themselves from the back of a fucking missile about f- dying. Yeah. But it somehow works. It somehow um, works. The ship explodes, and then another ship from uh, far away, like, notices this, and the head captain says, that's one hell of a flare. <laughs> no, that is a ship exploding, clearly. That is a ship exploding. <laughs> Potentially hundreds of people have died. And you're making a joke. <laughs> um, Jamie Lee has a Alice from Friday the 13th moment. Yes, come on, fake. She you? has uh, a nightmare where she sees tattoo face of half his face, like, gone. And he uh, grabs her. But she wakes up and it's all all right. Her and Baldwin have flown away to safety. And that's the end of the film. Fabulous. There we go. Happy ending. <laughs> Captain Birds, I have a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, ultimately, I I know we we pick we pick apart these films, and I I gave it, IMDb wise, five out of ten. So it's somewhere in the middle, you know. It's an average film. Um, it borrow well, it doesn't even borrow. No, it steals. It steals, so much from other films. It really genuinely does. Yeah. But it it doesn't make a complete ass of it. No, it's, it's yeah. It's I don't know what a big deal right. is about. It's I gave it a six out of ten. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. It's, you know, it's perfectly entertaining. You can throw that film on any time for mindless fun. It's yeah. so enjoyable. And entertaining. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you you know you've even got your laughable moments. You know any anything that Donald Sutherland's in any of his scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I genuinely I can't complain that much about it. It was alright. It was fine. Um, so, sorry Jamie Lee Curtis, it's not the worst film ever made. Embrace it, girl. Embrace this film. It's not your worst film either. Christmas with the Cranks is. Halloween I know Resurrection. I, keep, I know I keep going on about it, but I fucking hate Christmas with the Cranks. Halloween it's Resurrection. Awful. I haven't seen Halloween Resurrection. Oh, damn. She's only in ten minutes of it, but the rest of the film is horrendous. Okay. Um, yeah, so Virus... Absolutely fine. Recommend it. You know. It's... It ain't a trash to piece. It ain't no. a masterpiece. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Next week, though, we do have a true trash to piece. Trash to piece? Trash to Fuck's sake. Trash to piece. This is a request episode. I can't remember who requested it. It's on the notes. I'm going to have to look into that for next week. Uh, it was requested quite a while back, uh, but we're still at the list. You know, we did promise we'll make our way through all of them. Um, we're talking about Rawhead Rex. I feel like 
This has a bit of a following. This does wow. have a cult following. Uh, Clive Barker adaptation. Yeah. Um, but he hated this film. That he hates. He? Uh, essentially, it looks like Tina Turner going around killing everyone and more said on that next week. <laughs> more said on that next week. Specifically Tina Turner from Mad Max. Yeah, um, Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> we don't think Tina Turner looks like Rawhead Rex, just so <laughs> you know. I love Tina. Well, um... That's not all. We'll also be coming at you on Friday with not coming at you. Jesus. No. Get your mind out of gutter. Like, like that's so like 1996. Not be. Well, I mean, we've just been talking about a 90s film. Mm. In a non-90s and non-ejaculating way, we'll be coming at you with our first Originals versus Remake episode where we'll be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. One of my favourite films and the original that influenced it, so. <laughs> the remake's one of your favourite films? That, that was oh, the joke, that was yes. the joke. No, be a joke. Um, no, the original is one of my favourite films. I could watch it, you know, all the time. And I do, and we do. Mm-hmm. And the remake is dog shit. Well, spoiler alert. The, the whole idea of the original versus remake is that we're going to tell people what we think. Oh, sorry. Oh, pretend you didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> and act surprised when we tell you the same thing next week. <laughs> and sit for a whole episode for it. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Uh, we haven't got... We, seriously, guys, just drop us a review. You know, if you like it, if you don't like it, whatever, just... Put something on there so we know it fucking works because I have no idea at the moment. Um, but thanks for those well, who... Well, no, don't put anything if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Thank Actually, you. if you don't like it, just leave it. But uh, if you like us, just say something nice. Please. I mean, we, you know, thank you for the ratings we've had so far. We appreciate your five stars and the one four-star rating, whoever the fuck that was. Mm. Um, like and follow on Elfink House. Uh, you know, if you like what you hear, spread the word. Um... Social media, you know, talk to us about a virus. Did you enjoy it? Do you think it's awful, as bad as Jamie Lee Kurtz makes it out to be? Uh, we're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horror Court Trash on Twitter. Uh, we are also separately, of course, on social media. Um, Gasmo205 on Instagram, GasCruise92 on Twitter. Uh, head over to Letterboxd as well, DeadLightGas92. Been reviewing a lot of Hammer films recently. Yes, um, Chris Barker eight two three on Instagram, Twitter, and that other one letterbox. That's the one. Oh, we're getting <laughs> a little messy at the end now, aren't we? Well, I mean, it's not going to be as messy uh, compared to next week. Well, not as I mean the film is is going to be a messy film. On that note. <laughs> On that note, stay off... <laughs> my, uh, that's my point proven. <laughs> stay off robotic cruise ships or whatever. Or Russian ships. Yeah, um, give it a watch, Virus. Give it a watch. You know, it, it's, you know, it's not Bergman. It's not um, <laughs> Fellini. Do you think anybody's listened to this podcast for Bergman? Well, I hope so, because my next choice... <laughs> no, joking. Um, but yeah, okay. Thank you for listening. See you same time, same place next week. Bye.